This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome back to another Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, and this is Doug Stringer. I know the last three weeks we've been talking about uh, revival prayer, the power of desperate prayer, and praying effectively through times of challenge. And I want us to talk today, as we have a special guest that I'm going to introduce in a moment, a friend of nearly two decades, Mark Roy, who works with us as our field representative during disasters. He also has a a ministry every day of the year out of San Antonio, originally called Blood and Fire, and he'll share more about that, but now officially Somebody Cares San Antonio. He's been with me all over the country, all over the world, involved in disaster relief, as well as everyday ministry to people in crisis. In fact, he's built quite a few playgrounds and doing a lot of disaster relief work with those who have been trafficked in human trafficking, uh, children that have been caught up in that in different parts of the world. He's gone to Cambodia numerous times in other countries. So you're going to be excited to hear and really learn a lot from hearing the heart of Mark Roy in a moment. One of the things I wanted to share is the importance we're transitioning to find out what he's about to talk about is that prayer moves us to a place of intercession that moves us into doing something tangible. So it's one thing to pray in our prayer closet. It's another thing to have God touch our hearts and break our hearts with the things that break His for us to do something about what He's showing us. So many times we call that on-site for insight, to get out there from the prayer closet going on-site to capture the heart of God for the hurting around us. And so I'm, I'm just so happy to have Mark with us today. Again, Blood and Fire San Antonio, Somebody Cares San Antonio, but also uh, our field representative and one of our advanced team that goes all over the world when there's a crisis, be it tornado, fires, earthquakes, hurricanes, typhoons. In fact, he and Mike Lynch and others that work together with us uh, were right there in, in the Philippines after the typhoon there. What an incredible network of relationships that have been developed over the decades that were a net that really works, that we're able to connect together in the midst of a crisis to work to and through local churches and communities. So when all the media attention's gone, all the people have gone, the church that we help give leverage to and equity to is still there. That's what we want to do, work to and through local churches and ministries, because they know their community far better than anyone else. And it's not just during a natural disaster. There are human crises. There's other challenges that we want to be able to come in and train, encourage, leverage, empower, uh, to equip those who are everyday champions and heroes like Mark Roy. So, Mark, thank you for coming on to the program. It's an honor and a privilege to serve the Lord with you, and just a great privilege that we are connected together at the hip as part of our Somebody Cares Disaster Relief Network, as well as all of our Somebody Cares chapters and centers and affiliates. Mark, what's on your heart? Thank you, Doug, so much for the opportunity to be able to come and just uh, share with you on your podcast. Uh, It's just such a great privilege to be in relationship with you. You know, when I I think back of uh, everything that we have done when it comes in regards to uh, disaster relief, uh, it really is all about relationship. And, you know, Doug and I have uh, known each other for going on 19 years now. And um, we knew each other uh, as from afar, if you will. And but Doug and I were attending a conference in Colorado a number of years ago. I think almost 2000. And um, 
uh, we were both in the lobby and someone introduced us and, you know, we just hit it off right, right away. And a lot of the philosophies that we had together uh, as far as how we did life, how we did ministry was very, very common. Uh, my wife Susie and I had just started uh, Blood and Fire San Antonio, which was an inner city work and uh, just working with the inner city poor. And uh, we were just barely, maybe a little bit over a year, uh, year and a half old. And, um, and, but that we had just learned some practical things about how to help people, how to distribute food, how to cook meals and, uh, do a number of different things like that. Just really how to deal with people in crisis. And it wasn't long after Doug and I met that Hurricane Katrina, uh, of course hit New Orleans, which is a historical storm in size and effect on that whole area. So we immediately took our barbecue pits, which we have here. It's part of what we do as far as providing food service in our community and with people in need. And we went down there, began to work, um, and that was our first time we'd ever had done things. We really didn't know what to do. Uh, we just always kind of have this philosophy that it's our responsibility to show up and set the table, and it's God's responsibility to bring all the resources. And uh, that's really what we did. Not long after Katrina hit, uh, Hurricane Rita came in, I think it was like 10 days, maybe 7 to 10 days right after that. And we had come back to be a part of the, the over 15,000 people were coming to San Antonio. They were coming out of New Orleans. We came back to help with our city and other ministries here. Um, we had first gone to Houston to work with Doug in regards to all the ones uh, they were being brought there from uh, the New Orleans area. And uh, and then when this happened in our own city, Doug released me to go back and just be a part of helping there. And then Rita came. And Rita was the first time that um, that really Doug and us, Somebody Cares and Blood and Fire, we really began to work with people. I can remember going into the Beaumont area, which was kind of the epicenter of where the storm surge and all the destruction came in. And uh, we just began to set up, uh, set up our barbecue pits. We ended up having four barbecue pits there. We set up in a place called Grace Plaza. It was with the church that we were working with there. And in 10 days, we did something like 24,000 meals. Uh, but I can remember Doug late one evening after, I mean, they were long, long days, 16, 17, 18 hours worth of cooking and preparing and serving three meals a day. And I remember Doug coming and, and just eating some of our chicken, you know, which was awesome. And uh, he really enjoyed that. And at that time, uh, Somebody Cares was representing another national organization. And uh, we were greatly blessed not only uh, for just to have Doug and the team there. Uh, they gave us other supplies, directed other resources that we could give to the community. But then also bless us with the financial gift that really helped us. Because, you know, that's one of the things about disaster relief. Um, none of us really have a budget line item for something like this. We're just small organizations and ministries uh, that just come together in a time of need just to begin to help. Uh, my primary role with Somebody Cares is really to be the front-end assessor, someone that goes in uh, with boots on the ground, as we say, and represents Somebody Cares America, Somebody Cares International, and we begin to really look at what the needs are. Every single storm is so different, 
and and of course every storm in the eyes of the people that are experiencing it uh, whether it be a hurricane or it be a flood or it be a fire or tornadoes uh, it's always the worst thing they've ever seen which it really is for them uh, but what happens is we really begin to go in and to assess uh, really what the need is in the community, how big the need is, how long-term it may be, what are the things that have been affected by the storm, because there's all kinds of things logistically, um, even with utilities, all of it makes uh, uh, gives a different uh, uh, focus of need, if you will. And uh, so usually when, when I go in, my whole goal is going there representing Doug and somebody cares uh, Jody, uh, our vice president, is usually in the office, and she's the one that's fielding the calls. And um, I really enjoy the whole process of being on the ground and beginning to meet people. And uh, so I, I'm like a general, if you will. And basically what happens, I begin to communicate. We do it through personal calls and conference calls. And uh, we begin to assess what the need is, what the damage is, and what's the best thing that we can do to help them. Every disaster has ha has um, different needs. You can't. There's not just a one size fits all. And uh, so a lot of times we we just really go in there, try to get a front end assessment, and then just see what we can do. And a lot of times people ask me, they say, Mark, so how do you decide who you're going to partner with? And that really is a big de a decision that is on our part of where we, we, we go into because every disaster is a lot bigger than any one organization. And so it's so important uh, that, as my good friend David Gines says, he goes to find your lane and stay in your lane. And that's really what we try to do. But our primary focus is to come alongside the local church in a time of need and help empower them to be able to do uh, effective ministry into the community. One of the examples I was thinking about just in preparing for this podcast was uh, when Hurricane Ike came and hit Galveston. And it was a, a huge, huge storm. There was miles and miles of coastal land that had um, 10, 12 feet of surge that went as far as a mile inland. And it was a very, very bad storm. And I can remember as we were loading up our supplies, I'm in San Antonio to go there and to begin that one of my board members and my good friend David Guyon, who used to used to live in Texas City, uh, had a friend that went to a church uh, there in Texas City. And, and he began to talk. So I take off. And most of the time when I leave here, I don't really know where I'm going yet. I'm depending on the network of relationships that Doug has, that I have, that Jody has, that our partners may have. And we begin to go in the area. But I can remember when we got there, I mean, we got to this church uh, in Texas City, and uh, we had met with a pastor. Doug and I were meeting with him, and there was nothing going on. There was need all around at Galveston had been closed off. And I can remember he telling us a story that there was a large national organization that had come down there, wanted to get video. Uh, the pastor there was a chaplain with the police department, was able to get them on the Galveston Island to be able to um, to get footage. And this organization actually filmed, uh, began to show the film, the footage to their national audience and begin to raise a lot of money. And it wasn't long after that 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 organization chose to go 
to a larger church. This was a smaller church. It was a church of about 250, but miraculously, they had not had any damage at their facility. So it was a perfect place for us to set up. And I can remember meeting with that pastor and just saying, hey, listen, if you're willing to give yourself to this, we're willing to release this thing, release this kingdom activity on your church parking lot. And he says, man, let's do it. And man, within hours, HEB, which was a great partner in the time of disaster, which is a grocery chain down here in South Texas, donated a refrigerator trailer, a big 18-wheeler trailer. We were able to begin bring resources. And we distributed, I think, over a million and a half dollars worth of, of aid there over the next three months as we set up what's called a pod, a point of distribution. And my good friend Mike Lynch and Bob Ball, uh, which we always respond together in teams, uh, we were there for over three months helping both in all the different stages of disaster relief, the immediate relief, the recovery, and in the rebuilding, which those are three distinct phases. And, you know, a lot of times people say, so Mark, how do you deal with some of the challenges that you get when you come into an area. And and sometimes it really is a challenge because people come with so many different backgrounds. Our focus is always relationally. Our focus is always going to the church. And we have a saying that we say this, that if the kingdom of God is anything, and it is everything, it is relational, it's supernatural, it's supernatural relational. So a lot of times people come in with their organizations, whether they be religious or whether they be governmental or be other different types of organizations, and they come in with their own set agendas. That could be a government agenda. That can be a denominational agenda. It could be a personal agenda. They have many things that they want to do. But the thing that we focus on at Somebody Cares is that we uh, we want to focus on the relationship. And uh, I always tell people all the time, what we look for is a man or woman of peace that wants to build the kingdom in their community. We don't care who gets the credit or the press. We just want to see people helped. And we love empowering the church to be able to do that to their community. And so we focus on two things. We focus on the kingdom and we focus on relationships because those are the thing. And our whole heart is to help that local church build relational equity in their community. So long after we're gone, the kingdom of God has a testimony that there's people that help them in a time of need. One of the greatest redemptive stories that I can think of is when the floods hit in Louisiana a couple of years back, over 100,000 uh, homes were flooded, and we were able to partner there with a large church and did great work, had a great, incredible time there. And we had one of our really good friends that we had known through the years. Her mother, which was a widow, had some elements of disability, had gone through a stroke, and her flood, her house had been flooded with over 36 inches of water. And we were able to come over there and to help uh, begin to her to go through the process. She didn't have insurance. Uh, there wasn't anything really that she could do. She was getting a little bit of money uh, from governmental agencies, but not enough to really do it. And But what was amazing was, was to see as we went in there, we began to gut the house. We began to dry the house. Somebody cares, had some dehumidifier equipment that we were able to bring in. 
And what we begin to do is to pull together in partnership, and we begin to do everything we could. We made a couple trips back over there. We had a great partner, Hosanna, uh, up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Mike Lynch, uh, uh, hooked us up with them, and they were giving away uh, building supplies in the community. Uh, I think they distributed, uh, I mean, well over a million dollars worth of brand new doors and windows and carpet and tile and cabinets, all kinds of great things. And we were able to get those things that were totally free, and we were able to begin to take other people over there, craftsmen, and we were able to help build the house. And it was just one of the greatest stories, greatest experience. I felt like I was doing it for my own mother. And we were so blessed to help this widow get through that. And I tell people this all the time. Sometimes it gets so overwhelming when you see the thousands and the thousands and the thousands of people that are in need. But the thing that we always say is that you can see the thousand, but you can look for the one. And that's what we that's how we really manage it emotionally. That's how we manage it with our resources is we look at it relationally. Who is God connecting us with to work for the kingdom? And then on top of that, we know that we can't help everybody, but we can help somebody. We couldn't do it if it wasn't for partnership. Other ministry partners as well as individuals that help empower us to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. So, Doug, it, it is just such an honor to work with you and to work with Somebody Cares America. And we literally traveled all over the United States. We've been in Haiti. We've been in the Philippines, so many different places. And uh, many, many times what we feel like is a little boy with a little lunch. And we just show up with what we have, and we ask God to bless it, and God always blesses us. And, you know, Proverbs 19, verse 17 says this. It says, he who's gracious to the poor lends himself to God, and God will greatly repay you. And that's what we want to do. We want to have a heart of compassion that reaches in in a time of need and represents the kingdom of God, the love of Jesus, the love of the Father to people in a time of need. And so, Doug, thank you so much for allowing me to share. And I just bless you and so honored to work with you. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, thank you for sharing out of your own experiences and your own heart of the things that we do every day together. And so many of those that partner with us and our net that works, it is bigger than any of us as we come together to partner together to reach people every day, 365 days a year, not just in natural disasters, but in everyday crisis and challenges in people's lives. Now, Mark, you brought up a story about us first meeting nearly two decades ago in Colorado Springs. I remember that day because we were there for a gathering of kings and priests, a marketplace gathering, and I remember because we got to the hotel and the place got shut down everywhere because of the snow blizzard, but yet it brought us together. We were able to fellowship together, get to know each other, and we've been connected at the hip ever since. Speaking of that, you know, Mark is one of those everyday champions that we get the privilege of serving together with, not just through our Somebody Cares Network, but in everyday relationships, and as I shared earlier, the things he does all over the world in partnership together. But the other is that there are people like you that are listening that have a heart of compassion to be a tangible expression of Christ in your communities. So we're praying for people like you as well. For those that would like to know more about what we do, go to our website at somebodycares.org. That's somebodycares.org. 
And the four components of what we represent is prayer initiatives, because everything has to be born at a place of communication with God that gets God's heart to go do something and the place of His presence. The second component we're involved in, from local to international things, is the area of our Compassion Coalition, or network of ministries that are connected together to be a tangible expression of Christ every day. And then the third is the place of disaster relief and response, training, preparation, and response, because those who are everyday champions 365 days a year in their communities, when a crisis happens in a corporate context, they're the most equipped. If we can come alongside to help partner with them, get resources to them, empower them, they're the ones that already have the passion for the community and the love for people. And from that, out of that disaster relief component, we also have all these connecting together. People begin to watch from uh, athletes to medical professionals to business leaders to pastors, intercessors, everybody working together, and we've called it now Leadership Awakening. It's because we have so many people that are wanting to be encouraged through the challenges they go through to lead well, to be able to look past the circumstances of any crisis or challenge, personally or corporately, to finish the race well. There is a need today more than ever before for a leadership awakening from preachers to politicians and all in between. We need a leadership awakening of courageous, persevering leaders who have the capacity to look past the circumstances to help lead people into their place of victory and promise, bringing hope and healing in the midst of a, a difficult season or a difficult time in their lives or even in the world that we live today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.